Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to Mr. Jeff McKee today. Jeff has been working in the high-tech field for 30 years. Five years ago, he started investing in single family, then moved four years ago into passive, then active investing in multifamily apartment syndications. So Jeff is now general or a limited partner on 15 class B2C multifamily apartment communities representing over 4,000 apartment units or doors across 10 different cities or MSAs. Wow, that's crazy. So, and he's also Amazon number one best-selling author like me <laughs> for bringing well, and his, the book is called Bringing Value, Solving Problems and Leaving a Legacy where Jeff describes the scaling from single to multifamily investing. I would have to check it out as well. I think electronic copy is available on his website, mckeecapitalgroup.com. So welcome, Jeff. Yes, thanks, Alpesh. Great to be here. Absolutely. So the first question we always ask every guest, tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I met my wife in high school. So we were high school sweethearts. Wow. Uh, we met 40 years ago, been married 33 years, three kids, 31, 29, 26. So yeah, uh, still married to my high school sweetheart. That's amazing. What was your very first real estate investment? You know, it was this duplex in Waco, Texas. We live in Austin, Texas, so it's about an hour and a half away. And uh, my wife and I and one of our sons graduated from Baylor University. A good buddy of mine is a president of a bank. His friend is a commercial broker who had some residential, and he was unloading some of his small residential. So we bought a duplex from him. And uh, we've had that, you know, for five years and actually we're getting a contract on it today um, to sell it. So, uh, so yeah, it's been an interesting ride, you know, with the duplex. That was our taking action moment, joining a single family mentoring yes. group and then taking action. So it was a step in the right direction away from just your own personal single family residence. This was actually an investment property, creating an LLC, just learning the ropes. No, that's great. Yeah. And, and I tell everyone that Owning your primary residence, it's not an investment. <laughs> and if you have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad or Cashflow Quadrant, all of, uh, of course, Robert Kiyosaki calls it as a liability. Yeah. I don't call it a liability because we need a roof to live, right? Yeah. So, and we want to have, uh, call it our own house, but that is not an investment. You are putting money into it. Even if you have paid it, paid it off, you still have taxes. You still have insurance and you are also got to maintain it, right? Yeah. So, so that is, uh, it's not an investment. And if you think, oh yeah, my house value has doubled. Yeah, you can sell it, but where are you going to go? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, right. a, that's a great first step. How did that investment work out for you? Yeah, so it, it also, you know, has been a, a challenge to operate, even though it's only two doors, right? And we have third-party property management. It's just that, you know, when you have uh, one door empty, a vacancy, that's 50%, 50% occupied. Yes. And so that was the challenge. And that we just found it was hard to scale in that kind of a model. Yes. Those are recourse loans. It's in our name before we created the LLC and the bank wants to see it in your name because that LLC has no history. Right. And so, um, so it was just a, a challenge, but it was great because when the tenants are paying down, um, we, we had a good principal and interest, you know, so we would have the tenants pay off 6000 a year, you know, just because of the regular payments they would make. And we'd get a little bit of cash flow along the way. 
Um, so, uh, so it was, uh, it was interesting, but we've had other issues. Like there was a, a water main leak for a couple months. that was slowly yes. leaking out. It took them a long time, you know, $400 water bill one month, oh, yeah. 300, you know, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, this may not be the most profitable. Yes. Um, and, and so, you know, there's just minor repairs along the way, a new refrigerator and all that kind of good stuff. And so it was just a, a, a challenge. We, we felt we could take that money and invested in other assets, so say multifamily, to have a better return. No, that makes sense. And I think I would say the first step you took is amazing. On top of that, even though everyone kept saying that Austin is the hottest market or Dallas, you did not choose that market, even though you live there, you decided to go out of your comfort zone. And that's what teaches you a lot more, right? Because when you go out and invest, because when I had my uh, residential property here in Bay Area, I, I, I was managing myself because when it's close by for you. But when I sold that, I realized that I don't want to keep anything in California. Just I, I don't want to rely on that appreciation. And I started investing out of state. I did not have choice but hire property management. So, so you're already working through that mindset that you got to build a team, right? You got to, you can't rely, you can't be there all the time. So I'm glad that you take that, took that first step and, and invested like an hour or two away and you already had to hire a property management company. Right, so you right. know how to work with them as well as you know how important uh, they are for your investment. You, you do multifamily or single family, it doesn't matter even. Uh, I have mobile home parks, self-storage, exact same thing. You still got to rely on them. Yeah, yeah. And then we joined this uh, mentoring group to kind of learn the ropes, learn from other people, go through a training. And then we felt more comfortable, more confident to go execute on this strategy. And then the other thing was um, letting people know that you're in that business. I am looking for a duplex. I am looking for a, a home, an apartment complex. You let people know you're in the game. And then also the personal relationships, going to the market that you're interested in, evaluating it. In this case, I went to my buddy who introduced me to his friend, the broker, and we rode around town looking at some of his properties we ended up buying one so then you know that's an, and so you go to the market you're in the game you let people know and you're developing that that network of professionals you know the banker the real estate yes. agent, the property manager all those all those kinds of things um and so that was really beneficial oh that's awesome so uh let's talk about you come from high tech world I'm, i come from it world we spoke about that you worked at microsoft and of course i live in bay area so pretty connected with it side why did you choose real estate yeah. Well, so, you know, I realized after, you know, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, I waited until I was 50 to start realizing I needed to have these horizontal lines of passive income um, to have, you know, more of, of, a, of a retirement instead of just socking away the 401k and maxing out. Um, and so then we started researching real estate. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant. And I realized I was on the employee side. I want to be on the investor side and move yes. around the quadrant to lower the tax rate. And then, you know, we would hire uh, tax professionals to help us strategize around that and asset protection. And so uh, it was a number of things, um, but it was basically the desire to drive more passive income on these real estate assets, um, you know, in addition to keeping uh, working at the W-2. So uh, what does your portfolio look like? Are you majority real estate? Do you also have stocks? Do you also invest in startups coming from high tech world or what does it look like? Yeah, so we uh, moved about 50% of our wealth from Wall Street to Main Street over the last four years. So we still have, you know, like uh, um, uh, an old 401k, you know, I've got some from other 401ks. I've moved into solo 401ks. Yeah, and I've we just spoke that about way. that. So that's I've invested, amazing. 
in a, in a hard money fund. I've invested, you know, a little bit in crypto, but, but then I've invested in apartment communities that we don't have anything to do with as a limited partner investor. I've in, uh, invested those monies that way. And then we have after-tax money and, and all that, that we've been investing straight away into multifamily apartments as a limited partner in a bunch of different deals. So, you know, I would say, you know, today that our real estate is 75%, you know, of our net worth and, and the stock market less than, uh, yeah, less than 25%. That's amazing. So can you share your journey of moving from high wage W2 to real estate investor? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I started diversifying my thought process into strategizing, reading books and, you know, listening to podcasts and getting, and then we joined the mastermind. That was the other thing is, we felt as though if we put money out there, we would we would have a desire to go at least earn that back and break even. Yes. And so that was the the stepping stone. And then we kept doing more and more mentoring groups um, and masterminds. Some of them are free, some of them are paid. Yes. But you're you're surrounding yourself by like minded people, and then you could start doing deals, you know, with those people. Um, and so I just uh, felt that this was a progression to get into into this real estate. And so the second thing we did is we did a fix and flip. So based upon the connections we made in this single family group, we did the duplex buy and hold. That was one strategy. And we said, hey, let's try and do wholesaling. Nah, that didn't work out. So we, we did a flip with a partner and she knew what she was doing to manage the flip. And she was a real estate agent. We were the money partner. So we brought the money. We did hard money. We did some of our own money. And then we just split the profit 50-50. And so, you know, we bought it for 250. We rehabbed it for 70. So we were in for 320, sold it for 420. Um, and then we had a net profit before taxes of 40. She got 20. Our LLC got 20. And then that was the same amount that we had paid to join the single family group. So right there we broke nice. even, but it was kind of taking action, you know, on that, on that. And then we realized that that counted as top line income. It wasn't an investment, yeah, that's right? Fixing. It's a transaction. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It's a yeah. transactional business. The day you stop the transaction, you are done. Yeah. You want that monthly cash flow, monthly yeah. income. Right, right. And there was no depreciation with that. <laughs> right. thing. It's like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. So we did the one buy and hold, one fix and flip. Then we started doing the multifamily. Uh, originally, uh, we joined a group again as limited partner investors. We did five deals as LPs. Then later, we wanted to scale up faster and become more active. We joined another group that is just all GPs. And then we've done 10 deals as co-GPs in the last 18 months with that new group. That's amazing. So one thing, uh, I, I would uh, take away a couple of things, actually. One is that you took action. I can tell that you were taking constantly action. Doesn't matter, because I have done exactly the same as you, where I've tried out single family. I also tried to do fix and flip, but I was just lucky that I liked that property. I didn't flip it. I still have it. I rented it out because I thought when I spoke with my CPA, he said, no, 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 no. If you sell it, you're going to pay tax. So I still have that property. And I also tried uh, wholesaling and a lot of other stuff. And it's not for me, I realized that. But you are taking action. So that's great. The second takeaway is that get into a paid membership. And this is one of the biggest mistake all of us make when we are starting out, right? That you want to consume as much free content as possible. That free content, it's good for knowledge. It's, got, it's good for like theoretical tests. It's not good for practical, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you want to be a doctor, you can't just read book. You got to operate, right? So same way as an investor world, you can't call, call yourself an investor till you start investing, right? So, and, and 
I have seen this so many times. So I did exactly same as you. I didn't join mentoring club, but I was all around the country paying for tons of conferences, right? Flying there, meeting a lot of people, building that connection. And then I would have a lot of material and my friends will ask me, oh, can you share that material? I'll share that, those things with them. And I ask them after three months, six months, did you listen to the video audio? Did you watch the video or did you read the book? No, yeah, we'll, we'll do it when we get time. So free means you don't care about it. Yeah. When you have your own capital into it, you got to take an action, right? So yeah. that, that's a couple of takeaways. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah, yeah. And then I would also call it it's an investment in your future an yes. investment in yourself. It's not an expense. Like some people would look at, oh, to join that group was 10K. That group was 20. That was 35. That was 50. Some people say, wow, you spent a lot. That's an expense line item. But, you know, I look at these things as an investment, you know, yes. an investment in the future, investment in me, investment in my family. Yes. And so that's how I kind of view these paid mentorships or like going to events like that. Yeah, sure. There's a fee and transportation costs and you know, opportunity time but at the same time it's an investment you're starting yes. to meet and be around those like-minded people yep no that's awesome and you spoke about reducing taxes so how are you able to reduce your taxes by investing in real estate yeah so initially <laughs> we we basically did the cost segregation bonus depreciation yes. to offset long-term capital gains of other assets that can only take you so far especially if you're new you don't have that many assets nope. that you're going full cycle on exactly so then <laughs> we hired a company um that's one of tom wheelwright's company the cpa provision. guy yeah provision. provision yeah we hired I, provision I, yeah. I, I took his tax courses yeah. Five years ago, that's how I learned all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we hired them purely for tax planning and strategy. They don't prepare our returns. They don't no. do any of that. And so they basically step back and say, okay, where are you and your wife at? Where do you want to go five or 10 years from now? We explain we're both W-2 and, and we want to go big into real estate. Here's some things. And then they go, okay, well, in order for what you guys want to accomplish, one of you needs to become a real estate professional. Mm. Okay, what is that? Oh, okay, well, 750 hours, it's more than your W-2. And then you can write off the depreciation of those assets against you know, W-2 income. And, and so that was the strategy. So my wife had been a paralegal here in Austin, Texas, part-time. She quit that. She became, she focused on multifamily. She focused on a short-term rental that we had built in the back of our property here and oh, also nice. self-managed it. So she got all her hours in that way. Yes. And then we were able to, for her to qualify, which meant both of us as a got real it. estate professional in 2020, then we were able to apply all the depreciation losses against, you know, our income, the W-2. And then we got a Big refund from the IRS. Same thing's happening for 2021. That's awesome. So again, let's. Uh, I'm going to go back. The first thing you mentioned that uh, we can invest in a in a syndication, right? As a high wage W two earner, and a lot of my listeners are both both uh, both spouses work, right? You can take bonus depreciation to get cost segregation study done, and you can apply it to your long term capital gains. Can you explain that? Yeah. And so basically, um, the way the, the, the tax code works is in the United States, they're encouraging private citizens like us to provide housing for others. So the government doesn't have to build all this housing. Well, in return that you get tax benefits. And so one example of a tax benefit is depreciation. Normally, it's straight line depreciation, commercial property, and maybe 27 and a half years. But then in the 2017 Tax and Jobs Cut Act, 
they changed it to allow for used property like existing apartments to be able to de depreciate that. You hire an engineering company to do a cost segregation study. They basically segregates the component. Land doesn't count. You can't depreciate land. So all the improvements are five, uh, 15, 27 and a half years. And the way that the tax code works is from 2017 to 2022, for all the five and 15 year that they segregate, you can pull those assets forward and depreciate that at year one and they call that 100% bonus depreciation. Then it goes to 80% next year, et cetera. It goes on, it phases out over time. But then um, if you, if one of the two of you or if you are single and you are a real estate professional, then you can take those and offset it against active. But if you're not, then you, you can have a capital gain or you can have, if you don't have any capital gain, let's just say you invested uh, 50K in a deal and it generated the negative 50K and you're a W-2, no one's a real estate professional, right? Your, your spouse, your significant other. Well, then you can carry over passive losses yes. like that forever and it's an unlimited amount and then maybe the next year you go full cycle you have a 25k long-term capital gain you can use that negative 50k that you carried over to offset that 25 so you don't have to pay long-term capital gains of 20 percent on that 25,000. that's an example when i first read that i thought if i put in 100 and i got a negative 100k on a k1 that that would offset our w2 right. it's like no no it doesn't do that no and that, that's, a, that's what I try to explain to all my investors and friends that you got to be careful. It's, it's only goes, there are two separate buckets, active or earned income, and there is passive income. So the passive yeah. loss, this would be a passive loss from depreciation, goes into your passive income bucket, the passive bucket, and the active income goes, or you got to have active loss where you participate actively like an REP, real estate professional. Yeah. But even not using the REP status, I still like the strategy because that's what I've been doing. Because yeah. I go once a year, I go full cycle on one of yeah. those properties, which I, because I've been investing since 2015. So, yeah. and and I've been using this strategy because I prefer this over 1031, where my money gets tied and I got to buy a property which is more equal or more in value, right? So I have more money, get, which is getting tied. And then I also have only, you know, 180 days to identify, 30 days to close. So it, it becomes a pretty much a race against time, trying yeah. to find the right deal. So I, I have been doing this where I, every year I invest in a mobile home park, senior housing, or even Bitcoin mining, which gives me close to 100% depreciation. Uh, and then I, same year, I also try to sell one and take that and invest in the, you know, well, this particular deal. So this is this is great. And that's what I was telling a lot of my investors that as if you both want to be W2, a lot of these people live in Bay Area, they make, you know, together 400K, 500K, they don't want to leave their jobs. Yeah. And I understand, you know, uh, a lot of people, they don't want to take risk or chance either, right? Yeah. So, uh, and they think it's not for them, they prefer someone else to do the investing. So for them, the going it uh, this way, you know, uh, or even investing in every year in a couple of those, and one of those will go full, full cycle, right? Yeah. One apartment will be sold next year, year after, yeah. and you can yeah. take the advantage of that depreciation loss. As, as exactly. you said, you can carry forward. Yeah. Now, yeah, this exactly. is great. 
Yeah. I, I yeah. Think and that way, is... you know, the people can look at like what you did, you know, it took a while maybe to go full cycle on that first one. But once you do that first one, you have the stage of other ones, yes. then you can really benefit as a W2 wage earner. You've got these carry passive losses that can then offset that year's capital, long-term capital gain on an asset that you that went full cycle that, that was sold. And that's when it becomes very beneficial. The first couple of years, you're just accumulating you know, these passive losses, and then you get to realize and take advantage of them later. Oh, that's awesome. So let's talk about, you know, some of the lessons you have learned while investing in yeah. real estate. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, you know, like uh, back to the duplex thing, uh, we, we realized that having, you know, one door, two doors, the, the vacancy can really wipe out profit for that year. Um, and then the other thing, you know, I, I learned from like Rod Khalif is, you know, when he lost $50 million in 2008, is because he had 2000 homes spread all over central yes. Florida and, and they had different systems, different components. So he had different yeah. repair and maintenance. They'd have to go look at that. They'd have to go get what that part is. They'd go to Home Depot, come back because that just killed them. So now yeah. we're talking about 200 units under one roof with the same components. You've got the on-site, you know, repair and maintenance. And so that is much more efficient to do that kind of, of management of a property and, and providing that type of community and housing. Um, and, and so that's why we, and the other thing is, you know, the, the commercial properties like apartments are based upon net operating income. And so, you know, top line revenue minus expenses. Well, you can force appreciation by improving yes. the unit, bringing, you know, bringing those units to market rent on the, on the on the refined units. You can do things to the outside, make it safer, improve the lighting, you know, fix fix the asphalt, you know, driveways and sidewalks. And you make a community out of it. You start adding amenities and then people want to come and either stay or keep or come and rent out these units. And so you can force appreciation more so. So when you're in a, a duplex, as an example, it's a comparable, comparable sales in the area. You can't really force appreciation on a single family asset or a one nope. through four, but from, from five doors up, you can have an influence on that. So that was one of the things that we liked about going into multifamily. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk about your deals. What has been your best real estate deal so far? Yeah, I was a limited partner. I'm still am in a deal in San Antonio. It was one of the first deals that we funded. Um, uh, and it was um, from one of the mentoring groups. We got introduced to the different GP teams. We funded five deals. This one is about to go full cycle. And so it's going to be the first to five. This was 36 months ago. We bought it. Um, and it was purchased, the, the asset was purchased for like 4.9 million, uh, just sold for like 8.9 million. Um, I put in 100K after tax and it's going to come back at 220K. So then 120K nice. will be long-term capital gains. But because X. my wife is a real estate professional, um, it can offset, you know, uh, the short-term, you know, W-2 uh, income. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. So what has been your worst deal so far? Then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely for now, it's been uh, it's been the duplex just because of the vacancy, because of the water leak, because of some of the repairs. Um, but it was a start. I mean, I still look at that as a positive lesson, yeah. you know, to get into the game. And then you just learn over time. Some people stay in that game. They get more duplexes, a triplex, yeah. a quadplex. They do a house hack. And that's, that's fine. Uh, and then other people say, man, I did that for 20 years. I accumulated 20 or 30 properties. I self-managed. And I realized that's just a lot of work. And then they realized multifamily. So we just tried to be a quick study and learn. And, and for us, we just realized that that was wasn't going to get us to, you know, kind of the after tax income we were looking for passively month after month. And so that's why we changed strategies within 12 months to do multifamily. Oh, that is awesome. I think it makes sense. And, and the first deal, 
a lot of us tried to make it a blockbuster deal. At least you didn't lose money. My very first deal, I lost every penny I put in, right? And I still continued. I still bought another one after six months, third one after another three months, because I knew the power of real estate, right? So, but, you know, first deal, just try to uh, get in as early as possible and learn as much as possible. Yeah. And then you will see the power of real estate, uh, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be single family or multifamily. It has, to, it can be mobile home parks, senior housing, self-storage. Uh, one of my friend is doing car wash and laundromats, right? Parking garages. So there is uh, all kind of ways in real estate you can make money, right? Yeah. Or you can just be a hard money lender or private money lender and then be on, sit on sidelines without worrying about any tenant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so no, yeah, this is yeah. great. I've been a direct lender out of my self-directed IRA. And then I realized that was a lot of work, you know, to basically be in the first lien position and fund the purchase of the property and the rehab to a flipper that was part of a group that we were in. And I mean, it worked out fine. You know, you got two points on the front end, 12% interest, but it was just a lot of work to go back and forth and do all the title and, and, and yeah. do, you know, it was just so, so then I moved that money into multifamily instead of doing the direct lending. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was an interesting process. Oh, that's awesome. So let's take a quick break. After the break, we'll go through the same questions I ask every guest. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Jeff shared his story about how he went from high wage W2 earner to multifamily investor. Jeff, are you ready for fire round? You bet I am. Let's go. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? Right, right. You know, as you say, you know, we're starting to come out of, uh, you know, COVID-19, uh, you know, here um, in 2022. One of the things we've seen over the last two years is that the, the high value add where we're rehabbing a lot of units um, requires material, um, say appliances from uh, from China, from yeah. and and you know we've had shipping issues, yeah. and so we've had delays in getting packages of appliances. Yeah. So just think if you're renovating 300 units, you you're buying cost, like, right? So there's that, and lumbar. then there's a paint shortage. Who would have thought yeah. there'd be a paint shortage? Yes. Right? So you got the material supply chain issues, which everybody knows right. about. Then the other issue is the the crews they get yeah, labor. They, because of COVID, you know, and, and so those two things, and they don't want to work because they, of free they don't money. want to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then we were saying, okay, well, maybe a better strategy is to look for the highly stabilized yield play. Maybe yes. they're above 90% occupied, maybe 50% of the units has already been renovated. You're not, and you can sp spread out that renovation over time. So that was one of the things uh, that, that we learned. And also the delinquency on class C was higher than B um, and higher than A. So the delinquency during um, you know, COVID, we would probably look to more uh, a higher percentage of class B assets that didn't have as much because a little bit more white collar remote yes. workers versus the service workers, blue collar in a seat. So anyway, those are some of the things that we've learned over the last couple of years. Oh, that's, that's great. Favorite real estate or finance or any other related book? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, everybody, uh, I mean, I, I would recommend, especially the newbies, start with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then we yes. got a lot of value out of Cash Flow Quadrant. Um, yes. And then we uh, read Tax Free Wealth from Tom Wheelwright. Yeah, that's a, um, actually, that's a great book. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I got introduced to Tom. Yeah. yeah. And then when, when I started scaling the business a little bit, it's like who, not how. Mm. Um, you know, it's uh, Dan, Dan Sullivan, Sullivan's. Dan Hardy. 
Yeah. So that's another one where I hired my first virtual assistant, you know, in the Philippines remotely to help me do some real estate stuff. So, so doing those types of activity, it's similar to Tim Ferriss's uh, four hour work week mm-hmm. that he did a long time ago, yes. where you basically have other people doing these activities. And so like I'll record a video of what this repetitive task is, then mm-hmm. I'll have the virtual assistant take that over from me. It's things like that. Yes. So, uh, you know, who, not how, once you want to start scaling is another uh, good, good read. Uh, that those are some of the great recommendation and you won't believe almost every guest has recommended rich dad poor dad yeah. and last three guests have mentioned cash flow quadrant and who not how yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, they're both they're all really good yeah any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without yeah. So I would say two things. One is, you know, biggerpockets.com. And then if you upgrade to the pro edition, which isn't very expensive, you know, you get to see the comments, go to the forums, you get more value out of it. So, uh, you know, people can start with bigger pockets for free. Um, the second thing is basically just go to your favorite podcast tool. There's so much great information out there on podcasts. I didn't know what a podcast was five years ago. When I would go to the gym, I'd listen to music in, in my, yeah. my headphones. And then I've probably listened to 3000 podcasts since then. And, you know, you can do a variety. It doesn't have to be all real estate, right? It can be yes. personal development. It can be whatever. You yeah. can listen to eBooks. But I would say for me, you know, having a, uh, you know, the, the, the podcast and being able to listen to those as well as in the car. I mean, I know maybe we're not driving as much as we used to, but um, but that's another where the downtime area, instead of just listening to the news or music now, I'll, I'll pipe through a podcast. No, that's, that's a great advice. That's how I stumbled upon 2015, why I bought a single family out of state because I was listening to Rich Dad Poor Dad in my car while I was driving. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do. I got to sell when I have here in Bay Area and buy out of state. (laughs) So no, I, I totally makes sense. Any advice for beginner investors? Uh, you know, I mean, I would say invest in yourself and self-education. So, you know, the, the the podcast, you know, reading books, like I have probably read a couple hundred books, you know, in the last five years and the, the prior 30 years, I probably read two books, right? So it's that whole thing about education, uh, ed- educating yourself. And then it's the paid mentor, uh, mentor, uh, mentorships, right? So it's going and, and joining groups of mastermind groups of, of being, you know, willing to pay because then you, you, you really will be extracting the value out of those organizations. So I think, you know, uh, the, the paid mentoring and, and being around those people, you know, you can find deals, you can do deals with other partners, maybe people further along than you will want to um, have you partner with them. And so, so that's been a game changer for us um, to get the scaling and you get confidence, you get educated, um, and then you're, you're able to go out and, and do these deals. How do you give back? Yeah, so we, in Austin, we have a local music society nonprofit called Black Threat. So we join that and we go to those events. And so we, uh, you know, we, they have a membership level that you contribute. And then they give scholarships out at the end of every year. They give out about $250,000 and they spread it among the different bands that you get to vote for. And then we get back to Baylor University because my wife's son and I went there. And so, uh, so yeah, we contribute back to, to Baylor to help, uh, help the students out. That's awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you? Yeah, the easiest way is just the, the McKee Capital Group. Um, and so McKeeCapitalGroup.com. And then the other way is my email is Jeff at McKeeCapitalGroup.com. So, um, but yeah, happy happy to engage. You know, I want to help people out, have a conversation and I can send a calendly and we can uh, we can get on a schedule and uh, and talk through people's goals and, and, and where they'd like to go. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for your time. Thank you, Alpesh. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. Have a great weekend. Thank you as well.